In our earlier podcast on working definitions of racism, I mentioned that we would continue to provide several additional descriptions of racism throughout the series. One of the most powerful statements about the nature of racism emanates from the discipline of black studies and comes from Milana Karinga, creator of Kwanzaa and author of Ma'at, The Moral Ideal in Ancient Egypt. This definition appears in his standard textbook, Introduction to Black Studies. Here he says, racism is essentially a system of denial and deformation of a people's history, humanity, and right to freedom based exclusively or primarily on the specious concept of race. This is Dr. Catherine Bancoli Medina with the invention of racism. The goal of this podcast series is to share the subtle and not so subtle nuances of racism from the past into the 21st century. Understanding and speaking the truth about racism is the first step toward combating and ultimately eliminating it. In this episode, we will list 22 baseline observations of racism. These are ideas that shape this podcast series, and these fundamental observations are central to our understanding of racism. These baseline observations inform our discussion about how racism operates and impacts African people. At this time, only a few elements among this list of 22 will be commented on. I'll say a little something about racist privilege, racism as a global issue, mixed race people and racism, racist defense mechanisms, and the mediation of racism. Here are our basic, here are our baseline observations of racism. Number one, racism is a real phenomenon which is rooted in an objective and verifiable reality. Number two, racism was constructed to justify the oppression of African people, including the bondage and colonization of black and other people of color. Number three, racism has various expressions from private demonstrations of bias to the implementation of organized violence. Number four, Racism injures the oppressed and gives a false sense of superiority to the oppressor. Number five, racism has harmed generations of people and enriched other generations in various ways. This is why we talk about white privilege and racist privilege as including and extending beyond the accumulation of wealth. Some people who have nothing take great comfort in the fact that they are not black. This has been ingrained in white society and white people have been exploited for their willingness to accept economic insecurity to the point of poverty, for example, for some measure of psychic racial comfort. Number six. Racism is driven by a myriad of disparate forces, including 
the need to acquire power, the cultivation of fear, and the expression of a psychopathological condition. And on that latter point, the psychopathological condition, there is a, a whole podcast about that that you'll be able to listen to as well. Number seven, racism can cause or intensify PTSD, otherwise known as post-traumatic stress syndrome. Number eight, racism is a global phenomenon. Racism is a human rights issue for most black people on the planet. There is no place in the known world where black people, people of African descent, dark-skinned people are not subjugated by people who classify themselves as white or at the very least classify themselves as not black. Globally, black people share similar forms of oppression in terms of the indicators of second-class citizenship in employment, housing, wealth, education, and health. This includes the United States, the UK, and other parts of Europe, such as Italy, Greece, and Spain, and includes South America, Australia, Asia, the Middle East, and Canada. Black people who represent vast numbers globally are always thought of and treated as a smaller disposable population called minorities in many countries. It matters little whether their families have lived in the country for generations or whether they are the children of immigrants or immigrants themselves. There is always a sense that they do not really belong or only exist in that particular country because of the largesse of society. All over South America, blacks are asserting their rights to have their Africanity recognized and to live equitably. The stereotypes that are pervasive in North American history and culture are the same stereotypes that are applied to black people all over the world. Number nine, racism is one of the lowest forms of human to human interaction. Number 10, individualized self-imposed secrecy is attached to certain racist acts and behavior. This makes holding racists accountable difficult and has given rise to the use of smartphone cameras to document racist incidents. Number 11, racism is vulgar, predicated on the unethical, the unequal, and the anti-democratic drive. Number 12, there is a vast body of racist literature and thought that has reproduced over time. I refer to this as raceography and racial logos. And we will go into depth with these terms in another scheduled podcast. Number 13, racism by definition is an authoritarian impulse. Number 14, the presence of mixed race populations do not ameliorate or eliminate racism. Now there is a 
popular, often cited myth that the presence of mixed race people somehow blunts or dulls the experience or effect of racism. I don't know scores of biracial people, but those I do know express a different and fairly unified position. First, they see themselves and identify as black. Second, they don't see that their approximation to whiteness has accrued them any inordinate benefit. Though I understand darker skinned people might beg to differ, as do I. Third, depending on their skin color, they are privy to what some white people say about black people when there are no black people around. Four, they cite similar experiences of racial discrimination regardless of having a white mother or father. So even if none of these things were true, the presence of mixed race people does not mean that we can declare racism inoperable. Recall that during the antebellum period, mixed race people were routinely sold into slavery by their white fathers and families. And in fact, you can say mixed race people came into being as a result of crimes committed against African women. Biracial people were not regarded as part of the white race. They were tolerated because of their whiteness and at the same time condemned because of their blackness. Free people of color who formed their own enclaves were, were still subjected to black codes that restricted their movement and opportunities. So this notion is incredibly facile in terms of our understanding of racism in modern society. And quite frankly, the assertion is an excuse to ignore racism and move the topic away from racial discrimination towards something, anything other than that. Number 15, racism is a network of discriminatory social, cultural, economic, and political practices. Number 16, governments are more likely to deny the existence of racism than they are to recognize and create meaningful national plans to eliminate it. Number 17, racism is dependent upon moves and hides in society through at least five defensive articulations. First, there's denial. Second, projection. Third, transference. Fourth, distraction. And fifth, obfuscation. Now, I want to say something about this point because if you have ever attended a meeting to discuss racism, and I mean a meeting that is specifically labeled and entitled, we're discussing racism today, you will be familiar with the defensive tactics used to shift the conversation to something else. So the meeting on racism morphs into the meeting on race relations or the meeting on diversity challenges or the meeting on multicultural issues. Once again, it is the employment of denial and distraction 
to avoid talking about the topic at hand, which is racism. Projection is very popular as well. You, you are very familiar with this. When charges of racism are leveled, the immediate response from the racist is, you're a racist. This is a power play meant to assign the burden to you because racist privilege means that they don't have to deal with the responsibility or the consequences of their speech or actions. Projection transfers accountability. And most importantly, it intentionally confuses and obfuscates the discussion. Number 18. The presence of black, brown, and other people of color inside white-dominated environments does not mitigate or eliminate racism. And this is very similar to number 14, which is on the presence of mixed-race people in predominantly white spaces. Note that this is also frequently inserted wherever you find black people. Say, for example, police departments, Fortune 500 companies, the tech industry, universities. If all they have is one black person, that one black person will be used to strongly assert that the organization is not racist. Number 19, there is always a goal attached to racist actions. Racism is not an accident. It has a goal and a purpose. Number 20, at all costs, Racists want to silence public discussion about and dissent against racial inequality. Number 21. Racism is the equation power plus prejudice. And it is always, and it is also and always so much more than this as well. Finally, number 22. Racism cannot be mediated or negotiated. And a lot of people learn this lesson the hard way. You can't mediate or negotiate a belief system. You cannot cooperate over how much racism you are willing to accept so that all parties are satisfied. I found that when the issue is racism, the attempt to conceal it as a race relations or a personality conflict is disingenuous and deceptive. So there's no way to mediate it. Racists seek to claim power to do wicked, unethical and immoral things. There's no arbitrating goodness and iniquity. So these are our baseline observations of racism. We will explore and add to these ideas in future podcasts. However, if you are a regular listener to this podcast, I invite you in the meantime to take at least one of these observations and just contemplate the implications. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Support for independent podcasts like The Invention of Racism is critical at this moment in the national and global effort to dismantle racism and to establish human equality. We need as many thoughtful and courageous voices as possible. 
If you believe in and appreciate this anti-racism podcast, continue to download and support us. I also encourage you to use your media platform to honestly analyze, examine, and to put an end to racism. If you are listening to this podcast, then you already know. Discourse on racism is not for the faint of heart. I hope that you will join me as I continue to present key topics in the invention of racism.